0: Last Sunday we talked about the prophetic ministry and this morning I want to talk about the apostolic ministry, becoming an apostolic church. Now, you know, typically you don't hear these things on a Sunday morning service. In fact, you know, in our Bible college, we, since the Bible college started, I think it's like four or five years ago, four years ago, we've been teaching or in, instructing and imparting on the prophetic ministry and the apostolic ministry from the very beginning. For the last four or five years. But we really never did it, you know, on a Sunday morning in church, trying to build people up in the prophetic or in the apostolic. We kind of, but we feel that we need to change that because really all believers are called to be prophetic and to be apostolic in nature. Every believer is called to do this. And so really we are bringing in now on a Sunday morning service, going to talk about apostolic ministry on a Sunday morning service. It's not the kind of message you would normally like to hear. You know, you would want to go on and say, you know, all right, God loves you. God cares for you. He's with you in the valley, on the mountaintop, all those kinds of things. And those kind of typical messages you'd hear on a Sunday morning. But we need to change that. We need to move and become what God is calling us to become. Amen. And so we're bringing this in on a Sunday morning. We want to further equip the church. Hopefully to the weekend school. Really educate people. Really train people in these dimensions. So that as a body. We don't stay in kindergarten. But we keep moving up into the things. And the dimensions that God wants us to move into. Amen. So. Bear with me this morning as we talk about the apostolic, and I believe it's really important because we as a church need to move into these things. As believers, you need to be apostolic. We need to be apostolic and begin to move and function in this dimension in addition to all the others. So, this morning we're going to have an overview of the apostolic ministry, what it is, and just get an overview of this this whole area. In the Bible College, we spent a whole semester, an entire semester teaching and training in the apostolic ministry. So this morning in one hour, you're just going to get a, an overview and hopefully there'll be something stirred up in each of us so we can begin to move in this dimension as God's people, as believers. So let's begin by saying, what is the apostolic? You know, it's a new word, a new term that you're hearing, hearing in church on a Sunday morning. What is the apostolic? The word in the Greek, apostle, in the Greeks is simply apostolos, simply means a sent one. That's all. Very simple. Somebody who has been sent as a delegate, as a representative. So when Jesus sent us, really all of us became apostles in one sense. We became apostolic. We were sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sent once to represent him. So an apostle is simply a representative, somebody who's been sent to represent the Lord. Uh, he's a delegate. And uh, you know, in the... This word, the term, was actually borrowed from the Greeks and the Romans and made its way into the New Testament. And in its original use, in the Greek and the way the Greeks and the Romans used it, when the Romans, for instance, when they wanted to go into a new territory and occupy a new territory, they would send a group of people ahead. It was a first ship that led an entire fleet of ships. This first batch of people, their responsibility was to go to the new territory and uh, bring in the culture and the systems of the Roman government, essentially to prepare the way for takeover and uh, taking over that region. That group of people were called the Apostolos or the sent ones. They were on the front line going in to bring in the culture, bring in the systems, put it into that, that new territory, get it ready for the establishment of the Roman Empire there. They were called the Apostolos. And the New Testament, we see that word same word used in the New Testament to describe something that God is doing. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, if you turn with me please to Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. The Bible says, therefore holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the Apostle and High Priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. It says, look at Jesus, he is the Apostle. Jesus is the chief apostle, just as Jesus is the chief shepherd. He is the greatest teacher, the greatest intercessor, the greatest evangelist. Likewise, Jesus is the chief apostle. And what we must understand is the apostolic or the being apostolic, or being an apostle is really an expression of that dimension of Christ through the believer. Just as the pastor is an expression of Jesus the shepherd. Or the teacher is an expression of Jesus, the great teacher. Or the evangelist is an expression of Jesus, the great t- evangelist. The apostle is an expression of that dimension of Christ through the believer. Are we all together? Amen? So Jesus is the chief apostle and he expresses through the believer. You know now, you, you see two different images. The, you know, We are using the eagle to represent the prophetic. It, t- it typifies the prophetic. The eagle can see far ahead. And the eagle really soars into the realms of the spirit. But the apostolic, the lion typifies that. Because it's very governing. We'll talk about it. It's, it's about the dimension of God's kingdom coming in. And being established kingdom government coming in. So the apostolic is an expression of Christ the apostle through the believer. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I just want to share a few scriptures here. And then we'll get a, an understanding on what the apostolic ministry is about. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. Again, very familiar scriptures to all of us. He himself, that is Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So Jesus has put in the church some people who are apostles, some who are prophets, some who are pastors, some who are teachers, some who are evangelists. We embrace and accept the evangelists. We embrace the teachers. We embrace the pastors. But likewise, we must also embrace and accept those who are prophets and those who are apostles. They are in the body of Christ today, given to equip the church, equip believers for the work of the ministry and for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. Now, in the New Testament, you find three different categories of the apostles. You find the original 12 apostles. The Bible calls them the apostles of the Lamb. but The 12 apostles of the Lamb. They are in a closed category. Nobody can join in. There's no membership now. It's over. There are only 12. These were 12 apostles who walked physically with Jesus Christ. Then you have the founding apostles. These, these were the apostles in the New Testament period who were instrumental in establishing the doctrine of the church. People like Paul and... Barnabas and others uh, Timothy and Titus who were apostles through whom uh, and James and others who, through whom the doctrine of the church was established these are called the founding apostles that category is also closed no apostle can join it they were instrumental in writing giving us the doctrine of the church but then we have a third category which is described for us in Ephesians four eleven, which are the ministry offices of the apostle or the ministry gift of the apostle These apostles are still in the body of Christ today. Are we all together so far? Amen? Just like we have pastors today, we have teachers today, we have prophets today, we have evangelists today. We also have the ministry gifts of apostles in the body of Christ today. What do we know about them? If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul tells us a little bit more here about the ministry office or a function of the apostle. In 1 Corinthians 12, 28 onwards, he's Talking about the same thing. About ministry offices in the body of Christ. And this is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. He says, God has appointed these in the church. God has appointed these in the church. So if God has put them in, nobody's got the right to take them out. Can you say amen? God's put them in the church. What has he appointed in the church? Paul begins to list them. He says, first apostles. Second prophets third teachers after that miracles then gifts of healings helps administrations varieties of tongues and so on so he's talking about ministry functions offices designations roles given by Jesus to some people in the body of Christ so obviously not everybody is an apostle not everybody is a teacher not everyone is an evangelist but all can win souls is that correct not everybody is a teacher but all can teach is that correct not everybody is a pastor but all can be pastoral care for one another is that right So also not everybody is an apostle, but all can be apostolic. And we'll talk about that a little later. But let's understand what is this apostle. Paul says in verse 28, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles. So what does it mean? First. The word first in the Greek is the word proton. Now immediately you start thinking about chemistry and physics. But he's not talking about that. It simply means two things. Proton, first, first in time. And secondly, first in rank, order or importance. Let's understand that. Apostles are first. They are first in time, which means that they are pioneers. Somebody who goes to a place first is a pioneer. Somebody starts doing something first is a pioneer. Somebody who understands a revelation, a truth that was already in scripture, but they understand it first and they begin to amplify it. They begin to get into the depths of it and begin to amplify it. They are pioneering that revelation, that understanding for the body of Christ. So apostles are pioneers. They are first in time. They have this pioneering spirit in their nature. They want to be there. It's not necessarily they want to be, but they are positioned there. God works through them in such a manner. They're the first to go into a place. First to do a certain thing. First to understand, interpret, and and, and amplify a revelation being released to the body. Do we understand that? Yes? No? Maybe? Maybe not? Yes. First in time means they're pioneers. The second understanding of the word proton, which means first, is that they are first in rank, order, or importance. Now, it does not mean that because they are first in rank, order, or importance, that they are better in nature. The apostle is not better than the prophet, or none of them are better than each other. We are all equal in our ministry, in the nature. But in the government of God, they are first. You find this in the Godhead. You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all equal. They're all God. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says the head of Christ is God. There's an order in the government of God. And so also in the body of Christ, all these ministry functions are equal in nature. But in the government of God, the rank for the apostle is given first. Because through the apostle comes the government of God being established in, in and among his people. So first in rank, order important simply means the First in the government of God, through whom the government of God is being released among people. Are you with me on this? Amen? It doesn't mean they are better. It just means a rank. the government of God is being released through them this way. So the word first in First 1 Corinthians 12.28 simply means two things. First in time, pioneers. First in rank, order and importance. They express the government of God through them. It flows in to the region, the local body. I want to give you three distinct characteristics of apostolic life apostolic ministry of an apostolic people three very important characteristics now in the bible college you know we have about 12 20 or 12 or more characteristics of apostolic ministry we studied in depth but just to distill them and give you three things if you think about apostolic people what will you say these are three outstanding characteristics of an apostolic church of an apostolic people or apostolic ministry three things number one pioneers number two builders number three Governors or governing. Apostolic simply means they are pioneers. They are builders. And they are governing in nature. Pioneering is a very important characteristic of the apostolic ministry. It means that they are the people who like to go up ahead. Take the risks. Get hurt. The first one to get hurt. The first one to face all the the brunt. And then they like to pave the way. Show others that it can be done. Become an example. In that dimension. That area. They are pioneers. Amen. Jonathan David has this to say. He says in his book. He says. Pioneers have the ability to advance ahead of the others. To instill greater confidence into the heart. Of the rest of the body of Christ. Who are following behind. Their forward advancement. Opens up new doors. For effective service for the church. Their ministry provides a cutting edge. To influence and impact society. Apostolic means to be a pioneer. Amen. Amen. Now just take an example. This is just an example here, right? Let's take, you've got a team building exercise. You've got a group of church people together. And you say, you know, here's a team building exercise. We're all going to jump across this river or this stream or whatever. You know, we're going to jump across, do a long jump. Now here are different ministry functions. Here's how they operate. You know, the teacher says, okay guys, for you to jump over this, you need three steps. You know, you need to back up three steps. Step one is this, step two, step three, then jump. That's the teacher. He likes to instruct people. This is how you do it. Right? Then the evangelist comes along. He says, Hey guys, you know, this is the best thing you could ever do. If then you jump over, that land is filled with milk and honey. That's heaven. Come on, you can do it. He's the bringer of good news. He encourages the people. That's the evangelist operating. He's pointing ahead of the promise of the prophet comes and says, thus says the Lord, all of you will cross over, none of you will be lost. This is the Lord yeah, saying, and he brings encouragement through the prophetic word. Says, thus says God, none of you will be lost, all of you will cross over, and so on. The pastor, the pastoral gifting is like this, they are at the back, waiting for the last lost sheep. And say, come on, you can do it, you can. You know, they are not happy until the last one gets over so they're usually at the back you know trying to encourage that little one that says you know i hurt my little toe i don't think i can run today so no no no, you can we'll put a band on it we will help you through you know, I'll help, I'll you know so that's the pastoral ministry but what does the apostle do he's up in front he says i will be the first one to jump that's the pioneering spirit right so he says you guys back up just make way and he's the first one to take off Go across, and you know, he might fall in the middle of the river or whatever, but he's the first one to take off. He says, I will do it first. I may get hurt in the process. I don't know how far it is, how wide it is, but I'll be the first one to jump. And he jumps across and he makes it. And from that side, he now begins to do the teaching. He says, guys, here's how I do it. You know, I took three, four steps and I ran as fast as I could. He does the teaching because the apostle really touches all the other functions of the ministry. So from the other side, having become the pioneer, having gone there first, he now starts teaching. Then he prophesies from the other end saying, thus says the Lord, none of you will be lost. Because he's touching the prophetic. Then he touches the evangelistic now. He says, yeah, yeah, this land is good. It's beautiful here. Come on, guys. Cheers them on to come in the other side. And there's some hopefully some element of pastoral say, Yes, I want all of you to come. But that's the apostolic ministry. He's the pioneer, the one who will take the first jump. Are you with me? So God has set all these gift things in the body, different functions, different facets of his expression through his people. Pioneering. Secondly, the apostolic people are builders, they're not looking just to have a great crusade. They have no interest in having a great crusade. The evangelist wants to have a great crusade. Let me gather as many people as I can. Three day crusade, great, over, I'm so happy. The apostle is not like that. He's a builder. He thinks, what can I do to make sure that what begins will continue through the generations? He is a builder. He wants to establish form and structure to sustain the movement that God is birthing. So apostles are builders. They think through the generations. And that's why many apostles have a fathering spirit. They like to invest in sons and daughters and in grandsons and granddaughters. They do not want to waste time with the fleeting and the temporal. They are looking for beyond the generations. They are builders. And thirdly, Apostles and apostolic people are governing in nature. They bring in the government of God. They want to establish kingdom culture, kingdom rule, and kingdom order. They don't like things out of order. Everything must be in order. That's why in Paul's writings, he puts the churches in order. That's apostolic. They like to bring kingdom culture. Kingdom government must be established. This is the way things must function. And many times they receive new design patterns from God. Saying this is the pattern that must function here. This is the pattern that this must function here. They like to put things in order. See apostolic people are pioneers. They are builders. And they are governors. Do we understand these three characteristics? Amen. Now the good news is this. Or the most important part of the message is this. That The question, can every believer be apostolic? The answer is yes. All of us are apostolic. Because you've got Christ the apostle within you. There is this apostolic element inside every believer. It's part of your nature. Because Christ lives in you. It's maybe untapped. But it's in you. Every believer is apostolic. I'm not saying every believer is an apostle. Being an apostle is an office that Christ gives to some. But every believer is apostolic There is this element of Christ's nature in you. The lion of the tribe of Judah is within you. His apostolic nature is seeking to be expressed through you. In John chapter 20 and verse 21. In John 20 and verse 21. Jesus said, as my father has sent me, I have sent you. So he's already made you and declared you to be an apostle or an apostolic people in one sense. He says, as my father sent me, I have sent you. Apostolos. I made you an apostle. I'm sending you out. You've already been sent. You are apostolic now. You are a delegate. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 20. Paul says. And again a very family scripture to all of us. Paul says. Now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. Meaning you are representing the kingdom of God here on earth. You are a delegate. A representative. You are an apostle. Apostolic, I should say. Not necessarily apostle in the fivefold function of the apostle, but you are an apostolic people. We are an apostolic people. So what I want to challenge all of us is this. That each of us can be and should desire to be apostolic within the context of our present vocation. Whatever you're doing, you can be apostolic right there. So let's talk a little bit about the apostolic in life and ministry, the context of the church and in everyday life. Let's talk about everyday life first. You are a believer. You're apostolic in nature. Which means there's something in you that says, I must pioneer. I must do something that's not been done before. I must build. I must govern. It's in your nature. So in your school, in your college, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Or it could be just beyond some far off place. Forever. Give release to this apostolic nature that's in you. Be a pioneer. Maybe in your school, in your college, in your workplace, maybe there's no Bible study. So I wish, I wish APC would come and start the Bible study here. You are there. Pioneer something. Start something. That's being apostolic. Amen? You say, you know, you say, but you know, I don't know how to do it. You know, it's gonna be so hard. What should I do? Well, pioneer. Explore how you can establish something. Open the door for the kingdom of God in that territory where right now nothing's happening. Be a pioneer in that place. Be apostolic. Amen. Secondly, when you do something, don't just do it for one month. I'll try it for one month. No, no. You are a builder. Whatever you do, you're looking at it from a perspective of how can this continue? even after I leave. So you give it shape and structure in such a way that even if you were to be taken out of that place, you were to graduate from school, college, move on from your job, whatever, you've laid a foundation and you give it a shape and structure so that it can continue. Now, I know it depends on other people coming in and doing a good work. But as far as you're concerned, you've been a builder. You've given it enough shape and structure so that it can and has the possibility and a potential for continuing. Amen? And when you do it, your heart must be, I must establish kingdom culture and government and rule and order in this place. You know, there's no point in having a Bible study, you know, so I'm going to start a Bible study in my school or my college, and then you start your Bible study, and then it functions like, you know, there's no difference between the Bible study and those who, you know, go to the bar. I know that's an exaggeration. If there's no difference, then you haven't established kingdom culture, it's not apostolic. But when you say I'm pioneering a work, I'm building, then you also bring in kingdom culture. You set things in order. You, you establish it in such a way that it's a true representation of the kingdom of which you are an ambassador. You're being apostolic in the context of your vocation or whatever you're doing in life. But I just look back in my own example and I just think that you know God just allowed this to just be released even through my own life. Uh, just the pioneering, the, the desire to be a pioneer. I was not thinking, you know, I must be an apostle, I must be apostolic. No, it was just a natural expression of that pioneering dimension of Christ's spirit. Now, being in school at the age of 13, I just got to say at the age of 12, 13 years old, I was part of the Methodist church. I went to the, method, the pastor there and said, Pastor, you know, uh, can you allow me to speak 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening? And that's a bold step for a 13, 14 year old boy to take. And he prayed about it for some time. he said, okay, I'll give you time to do it. Uh, so one Sunday morning, I preached Sunday morning, 15 minutes, you know, it was a really hard message. I didn't know the whole Bible, but I preached from Matthew 7. I said, by the fruit, she will know them. And nobody really liked it. <laughs> Sunday evening, I preached again. And then I said, you know, all those who want to give your life to Christ, stay back after service. And about thirty students from Bob and Boys School stayed back. And it shocked me because I wasn't even expecting that. But immediately the thought came, okay, you go to their school in the afternoons and continue ministering. So I said, guys, I'm coming to school tomorrow afternoon, lunch break. So during lunch break, when the bell rang in Bishop Cotton Boys School, I would just many times skip my lunch, just run out of school, run all the way down Hayes Road, up to Richmond Town, in, enter through the back gate of Ballroom Boys School, go in there, do a Bible study, 15-20 minutes, run back in time for the classes to Bishop Cotton's. And I did it from my 8th to 12th standards. And nobody told me to do it. It was just an expression of a pioneering spirit to do something that was not being done. And then... When people heard that I was coming to Ball and Boys School, cathedral school is not too far, some students said, Can you come to our school also? So we can do it. So Monday, Tuesdays in Ball and Boys, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays in Ball and Boys, Wednesdays go to cathedrals. And it was like, you know, it was fun to do it. All these kids would come, pray for my toe, pray for my stomach, pray for this, pray for that. A healing ministry going on there. You know? But leading people to Jesus Christ, do something you haven't done, be a pioneer. Don't wait for, you know, things to be laid out for you. Go be a pioneer. It's in you. That apostolic line of Judah nature is in your spirit. Step out and do something you haven't done. Amen. And then when you do it, think of it. Build. Think of building. How can I put structure to this so that it will continue? And think of establishing kingdom culture. Because our goal is not just to build something that... Is not an expression of God. We must build something that is a true representation of the culture of the kingdom of God. Put things in order. Establish kingdom culture in that. And as a church, God desires for us to be apostolic. He wants us to be an apostolic church. I just want to spend the next few moments before we close talking about becoming an apostolic church. What would it take to become an apostolic church? A church that says we are pioneers. We will advance in revelation. We will advance the kingdom of God in our city and in our nation. We will go into new areas of society that have not that has not yet been touched right here in our city. Now when we say apostolic, generally we think of the missionary and the traditional missionary is apostolic in one sense because they go to tribes and people who others may not go to and have not been touched. So they are apostolic. And many of them are true apostles because they're willing to go to places and regions the gospel hasn't gone and f- yet, they're pioneers. But the apostolic does not always limit to a ge- express itself in going to a new geographical area. The apostolic can, can also be pioneering within the context of our society, where areas or spheres of people have not yet been touched. If there are groups of people in arts and entertainment, in media, in government, in education... in in sports, in in every sphere, sphere of society where there are people who have not been touched, cultures and subcultures that are yet unreached for the gospel in our own city. And you and I begin to pioneer ways, open the doors for the extension of the kingdom of God and the advancement of the gospel. We are being apostles to that subculture or group of people. Amen. And we as a church must become an apostolic church in our city. And in our nation. So let's just share a little bit here now on, on what's it gonna take? What's the purpose and the process and so on? So what's the purpose of becoming an apostolic church? Why not remain a pastoral church, you know, where there's just a lot of nice caring for everybody and, or why not just be a teaching church where every day you hear, every Sunday you hear the Hebrew and the Greek? Or why not just remain a nice evangelistic church that so every Sunday you get souls saved? I mean, why not just remain that way? But God has put all five offices and so He desires all five of these dimensions to be expressed through His people. Amen. And the apostolic is one dimension that God wants to see expressed in and through his church. So we must progress. We must begin to move in that dimension. What's the purpose? So we can advance the kingdom of God. The apostolic is kingdom advancement. And establish kingdom culture and rule in, in the hearts and lives of people. What's the process? How does this normally happen? Now what I'm about to share. I'm speaking it from the context of the church. But you can apply to your life as an individual. As an apostolic person. As you allow God to use you in apostolic ministry or in the expression of the apostolic wherever you are this is a a pattern that you would see happening number one is territorial entrance which means one of the key characteristics of the apostolic is this they are sent to a specific people with us for a specific purpose like paul said i'm the apostle to the gentiles peter is the apostle to the jews there was a specific dimension paul was called to the gentiles that doesn't mean he never ministered to the jews he did But his main focus was the Gentiles. Peter was called to the Jews. That doesn't mean he never ministered to the Gentiles. In fact, he was the one whom God used to open the door to the Gentiles. But the main thrust of his ministry was to the Jews. So an apostle really has this specific purpose and a specific people. There is territorial entrance, meaning you begin to say, you know, God, this is the place where you've called me. For all people's church, Bangalore was its territorial entrance. Here's where you begin. Uh, for you as an individual, God might say, get into the arts, get into media, get into sports, get into government. That And as you kind of prepare yourself and get in the experience and position yourself, you're entering your apostolic territory. The place where you can, God can use you to pioneer the advancement of his kingdom. But you need to find your place. Amen. There is territorial entrance. The second thing in the expression of the and the unfolding of the apostolic is a pioneering state, which means it's like digging the foundation. It's going to be very messy. It's going to be a lot of hard work, not much results, but you're digging down, you're laying the foundation, you're pulling up the dirt. You're it's a pioneering state. It's gonna be hard work, but that's what you begin to do. As a local church, we begin to pioneer. As you go into a new place and begin to start the work, there's a pioneering work. It might be dirty, messy. Um, people don't see much happening. They're wondering what you're doing. You're pulling out the dirt. You're you know, disturbing a lot of things around you. But that's the pioneering stage. It's the stage when you dig down to lay the foundation. And that leads you into stage three, which is the building stage. In this stage, you are now giving shape and structure to the work that God is releasing through you in that place. For us as a church, it would mean that in the building stage, here are some things that will happen that, that, you know, the apostles with the local church will serve as a father to many. There will be strong leadership and governmental responsibility within the local church. And uh, we'll be establishing doctrine with the local church. The local church must stick to certain doctrine. It cannot go any which way it desires. There will be establishing of order with the local church. If there is no order, bring it back to order. That's part of the apostolic and establishing uh, establishing a shape to the church. And there's new wineskins being introduced. Meaning God gives you certain designs, certain patterns that he wants to bring into that particular local church. And so there's a new wineskin coming in. And God will release this periodically to establish and give shape and structure to the work that 's being built that 's in the context of a local church, and the same thing applies for you as an individual as you are being apostolic in your vocation. Stage four is this: God gives you a governing voice, meaning having gone through the initial stages, you now have come into a place of spiritual authority in the area of your work. You now have governing voice, meaning your voice now carries weight. In the realm of the spirit. For you as an individual. It means that things will begin to take place. In that school. In that college. You'll be recognized. And people call you for prayer. Why? Because they recognize there's something about what you're doing spiritually. You've got a certain authority in the spirit. You'll reach that stage. God is giving you spiritual authority. For us as a local church. It would mean this. That God will begin to use us. Once he gives us a governing voice in our city. He'll begin to use us in several different facets. Some of the, some of them include this, it, to bring unity, foster unity among churches and ministries in our city. To, for us becoming a spiritual, uh, provide spiritual fathering, spiritual nurture to other churches in, in our city. I run into so many people in our city who kind of read our books and they use it in their ministries and they say, you know, we it, they're just being, in a very silent way, we're just fathering people in our city. As a church, we begin to take on leadership for city transformation. We're not just interested in what happens inside our church, but we say we must begin to affect our city and we begin to take on responsibility for city transformation, for affecting change in our city. As God enables us, we begin to represent the body of Christ toward government, local and civic authorities. We begin to influence governmental regulatory policies. God gives us access to places and people of influence. We begin to cause movements at the grassroots level that begin to affect the, king, the church and the citywide, the citywide church. We begin to release movements in our city that begin to slowly affect the very dimension the nature of our citywide church and begin to change that. We begin to execute God's plan and purpose for the city. And we begin to have impact for social reformation. These are some of the things that will happen when we as a church begin to have a governing voice in our city and begin to become an apostolic church. Amen. And then here's what we will see the next stage. Number five. We become an apostolic base. That means we come into the fullness of becoming a truly apostolic church. Which means that now we begin to send out people. It may be within our city, in our nation, to other nations. People go forth, carrying that, that same DNA, carrying that pioneering spirit, the ability to build and govern. They go forth, they begin to advance the kingdom of God across our city, across our nation, possibly in other nations of the world. People come to this place, we become like a hub, a spiritual hub. But people come here to receive impartation, receive equipping, receive uh, uh, the training they need and they then begin to go out. We become a truly apostolic church, a base from which the kingdom of God is is furthered in our city, in our nation, and possibly other nations of the world. Amen? The church in Antioch that you read about in Acts chapters 11 through 14, is a, a wonderful prototype or a model of an apostolic church. Just to give you quickly an idea of the Antioch church, it was started by believers who were scattered from Jerusalem. There was persecution in Jerusalem, they ran for their lives, they had, some of them landed up in Antioch, and they, they entered their territorial region, the place where God wanted to establish a work. And these ordinary believers began to do the pioneering work. They run souls to Christ and began the establishing of God's kingdom. And then when Jerusalem heard that Antioch had received the word, they sent Barnabas. They said, Barnabas, go, pass to the work. So Barnabas comes in to Antioch in Acts 11. And he begins to take over the leadership of that work. And then he goes and finds Saul, who for the last 14 years, nobody had heard of him. And he brings Saul in. And Saul and Barnabas really passed to that work in Antioch for a period of two years. They teach the pastor. But it was so amazing that in a period of two years, at the end of the two years, you find in the church, Acts 13, 1 and 2 says there were other teachers and prophets in the church in Antioch. And then comes the, the moving into the apostolic, when the Holy Spirit speaks in Acts 13 and says, "Release Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to." And so Barnabas and Saul are sent out of the Antioch Church, they begin to travel, they begin to enter into new territories, uh, win souls, establish churches, appoint leadership, and they come back at the end of Acts 14, back to the Antioch Church, their base, their home base. And the cycle repeats: "A true apostolic church that's not inward-focused. That is looking at the advancement of the kingdom of God. Outside. Beyond its own borders. Can we be an apostolic church? Can we be an apostolic people? It's what I want to challenge us with. Now we could settle for just being a nice church. Where you feel comfortable. You feel loved and cared for. And taught and all of that. But for what purpose? God wants us to be an apostolic people. Amen. What are some of the pitfalls of apostolic churches? And let's talk about it. And we we'll close. There are several pitfalls. I just want to mention some of them. So we understand it. In apostolic churches are very intense in spiritual things. It's like the arrowhead. It's very strong. It's very intense. You can't afford to be light in the things of God. Because you are the way maker. You are up in front. You've got to be strong. So apostolic churches are very intense in spiritual things. They are very strong leadership. Very focused on kingdom advancement. But this brings with it accompanying dangers. Sometimes people don't feel very cared for because apostolic leaders are very different from pastoral leaders. Apostolic leaders are always looking at how can I expand the kingdom of God? Where can I pioneer? What new territory can I go into? What new thing can I do? What new wineskin can I bring? What new design pattern? Apostolic people leaders are thinking that way. They're saying, let's go. Let's advance. What can I do to raise up a people who can expand the kingdom of God? So sometimes there's a danger that people don't feel cared for. And that's why we need pastors who can do the caring part of the church because pastors are needed. Now the danger is that people feel left behind because they do not understand the nature of the apostolic mandate. They're moving fast. The pastor waits for the last sheep to come. The apostle is moving, 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 moving and hopes that everybody will follow. And sometimes people feel left behind because they don't understand the apostolic mandate. Why are we always advancing? Why are we always thinking of moving further, higher and deeper? Why can't we pause, just enjoy the moment? Now I'm not saying we don't need pastor or minister, we need it. But you cannot remain in the nursery. You've got to become a warrior for Jesus Christ. You've got to become an apostolic people. The kingdom of God must advance. Amen. And that will give us this result of an apostolic church, which is, we will have a thriving church. We will see kingdom advancement, both in spiritual and in the natural. The call to you and me this morning is, would you be willing to be apostolic? It's in you, it's in your DNA. Christ the Apostle is inside you. The Lion of the Trump of Judah is inside you. He desires to express His nature through you, to be a pioneer, to be a builder, to be a governor, through you. In your vocation, wherever you are, in your sphere of influence, can you ask God and say, God, where do you want me to pioneer? I'm willing to take the risk. It's not going to be easy. Nobody's going to give you a red carpet if you want to do something new and different. But that's the spirit of a pioneer that says, I will take up the challenge. I'll do it. I'll dirty my hands. I'll do it. I'll be the first to jump. I'll show the way. Will you be a pioneer? And then whatever you do, don't do it for the moment. Do it for the long term. Think, how can I build? How can I establish structure? So that even if I'm taken out, it will continue. And then, don't just have a form without the content. The content is kingdom culture. The content is the rule and the order and the government of God. Must be established in that. Whatever you do, whatever you start. Whether it's in politics or education or sports or music or arts. or Whatever you do. And you pioneer something. You build for the long term. And you establish the government of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. This is probably the very first time I've uh, preached on the apostolic in a Sunday morning service. i waited all these years, nine years. And hopefully we have a people who are ready to hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. It's not a comfortable message, you know. God loves you. Good things are ahead and all that. It's a challenge for us to rise up and be the kind of people God's calling us to be. I just want to call the worship team up, please. And and, uh, I want you to pray this morning and say, God, I'm willing to be an apostolic person. I'm not saying we had to go around calling ourselves apostles. That's not important at all. But to be apostolic, to allow Christ the apostle to express himself through you. To allow the line of the tribe of Judah to express himself through you. Say, God, I'm going to be a pioneer. I know in doing so, I might upset some things around me in my environment. But I'm willing to take some risks. I'm willing to take some chances for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And Lord, I like to build. I like to see the kingdom of God established. Would you pray that way with me this morning? Even as a worship team helps us to wait upon the Lord this morning. I want you to pray and say, God, I'm willing to let Jesus shine through me. In my place of work, in my school, or in my college, or in my neighborhood, or in my city, in my nation. I'm willing to let Jesus shine. Father, this morning we ask that you will stir up, Lord God, in our hearts. That apostolic nature that is within every believer, God. Because Christ the Apostle is in us. Father, I pray that you'll raise up many pioneers out of this church. In fact, God Activate everybody, every person here to be a pioneer in some form and some way, to do something that has not yet been done, to do something that has not yet been released on earth, to advance the kingdom of God. Wherever they are, Lord, release, stir up the apostolic within us, within every believer in this place of oh God, that we will be willing to be pioneers, that we will be willing to be builders. And we'll be willing to be kingdom establishers, governors in the spirit. We welcome your Holy Spirit to move on every person here this morning and stir it up in our hearts. Stir up the apostolic. Make us an apostolic church. Father, we pray that you'll use us for kingdom advancement in this city, God. We pray, God, that through the people here, right standing here, right here, God. That doors will be opened up for the advancement of the kingdom of God in our city. In all spheres of influence. God used people here to be apostles, to be apostolic, Lord. In arts, in the area of entertainment, in media, in sports, in education, in government, in business. And all at different industries. Raise up people who will pioneer, who will do something. Who will bring in a new design, a new pattern, new concepts. Things that have not been released yet. And through that, they will see the establishing of the kingdom of God in our city. Lord, release new ideas. Release new visions among us this morning. Stir in us that pioneering spirit. That willingness, Lord, to go when someone else has not gone. To do something that has not been done. To speak things that have not been spoken. To express things that have not been expressed. Stir it up in amongst us, Lord. Anoint us to do this. Lord we pray may thy kingdom come and may thy will be done in our city we ask for this oh God we thank you, we bless you, we honor you Father this morning we just embrace our call to be an apostolic church in our city and for our nation we as a people God are willing to look outside to explore ways and means to advance the kingdom of God we as a people are willing to be pioneers and builders and governors in the spirit for your kingdom. We embrace the call and we are ready, God. Work through us. Make us an apostolic people. Make us an apostolic church, we pray. Help us to rise up as a church. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.